0: Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our journey through the Bible and we are walking through the smaller prophets right now and not that they are smaller in word but their books are just shorter than the major prophets but they are still powerful impact with God God's word. And these prophets were sent to give God's people warning of coming judgment. And the better we know the character of God, the more we can trust him for the future. The better we know the promises of his covenants, the more peace we have in our hearts when things around us fall apart because they will. This is earth, not heaven. And like Micah wrote his his confession of faith in the future. It seemed hopeless around him, but he had hope because he had God in his life. He knew God and he trusted God fully with every single element of his life. No matter how dark the day around us, the light of God's promises is still shining. And no matter how confusing or frightening our circumstances around us look, the character of God remains the same and we can trust him. He loves us and he has us through everything we face. He is in the valley with us. He is in the fire with us. He is carrying us through even when it doesn't feel like it, or we don't, it doesn't seem to look like it, he is. We can stand in faith knowing that God is with us through everything we face. And these prophets knew that. They stood on God, they clung to God faithfully through everything that they saw going on around them and everything that they endured as exile came upon their land and they were taken into exile by the Babylonians. And one of the modern Christian myths is that. When you trust your life to Jesus, all of your problems disappear. And that is simply not true. That is completely 100% false. We still live on earth. We still have earthly circumstances. We still live in a world full of sin and evil and wickedness and hatred. And we have to walk through that every one of our days. But when we have Christ on our side, when we have the Holy Spirit living with us, those days are a lot easier. They're not easy, but they're easier than they would be if we did not have Jesus in our lives. And our relationship with God is what matters. And standing firm in faith, standing firm in his promises, standing firm in who he is and knowing who he is because you spend time in this word, You spend time getting to know him. And if we claim to be without problems as a Christ follower, we're flat out lying. We all have problems. We all have life. We all experience life on earth. And If we can be honest, we can be honest with God when we're sad. We can be honest with God when we're struggling. He wants our sincerity. He wants a true and real relationship. And a true, real relationship is based on sincerity, honesty, and trustworthy. Even though everything looks crazy or upside down, we trust God. He wants us to trust Him, to know Him, to rely on Him, to lean on Him, and to rest in Him through everything that we walk through. Job is a prime example of that. He he went through a lot of misery, but he he questioned God honestly, but and God answered him honestly, but he didn't waver in his faith. He still stood on God as God, and I will I will have my faith in God. I will trust God, and Habakkuk, he was looking around in the land of Judah and he's seeing this this international scene he's seeing the the coming babylonians who are going to take over jerusalem and he struggles. He struggles with questions and he wrestles with God and God invites our questions. He invites our wrestling. He wants us He wants us to know him personally and to do that sometimes we have to work out things within us and that's okay. He welcomes that. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to wrestle to find him. He wants us to know within ourselves without a shadow of a doubt that God is God. He is who he is and that we can trust him. And to do that sometimes we have to go through seasons of wrestling. And Habakkuk did that, but he did the right thing when he did it. He took his problems, he took his concerns, he took his questions straight to God. He didn't ask for a hundred people's opinions. He asked God, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods and our King of Kings. He asked the Sovereign One who is in charge of everything. If he answered, God will answer. And with that, we'll move into the book of Habakkuk, verse 1 of chapter 1. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that the justice has become perverted. So we're going to pause there. He's looking around at the nation and he sees wickedness. He sees evil. He sees corrupt world powers. He sees leaders who are being twisted. And he sees rebellion. He sees injustice. And his very name means an embrace. And he's about to embrace God and get answers for his questions. And he's crying out to God. Because he sees all this violence and this wickedness and this evil and this sin, and he feels like God is far away from him and he he knew that the kingdom of Judah was deteriorating rapidly and and moving farther and farther away from god and King Josiah, who reformed the nation and got rid of idols and got rid of false gods, he died in six o nine b c and all of every all the good that he did for the nation was gone as the, his successor, his son, took reign and leadership and he brought back false idols and worship of false gods and wicked judicial systems and evil and sin and everything turned corrupt. And the, the longer they are getting farther away from God, the more corrupt the nation is getting. And it was a difficult, dangerous time. He talks about violence and in strife and contention and injustice and he prayed that god would do something about it that he would do mm-hmm. something about this evil injustice and the sin that is going on around him the violence in god he didn't feel like god was hearing him and he cries out to god for help and he he screams and cries with a loud voice and he's disturbed and he's distraught over the evil and the sin in the nation and we should be burdened by the evil and the sin in our nation and He's crying out to God, asking when he's going to do something about it. He's crying for revival. Like, God, step in, pour yourself out here. In verse 5, the Lord replies, The Lord replied, Look around at the nations, look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe. Even if someone told you about it, I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down to devour their prey. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind. Sweeping captives ahead of them like sand, they scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their god." So we're going to pause there again. He says that he's going to do something. He's going to raise up the Babylonians, and they're going to come, and they're going to conquer the land. And they are a very evil nation. And The nation's problems were caused by the leaders who aren't obeying the law, and therefore the followers aren't going to obey the law either. The rich exploited the poor and escaped punishment by bribing the officials. The law was ignored and twisted, and nobody seemed to care. So he cries out to the Lord and the Lord answers and he answers, assuring him that he has a plan and he has a work coming among the nations, even though Habakkuk couldn't see it yet. And he, he told them exactly what he was doing. He did not give him an exclamation, explanation and. He gives them a new view of what's happening, a new view of what's coming. We don't need explanations. We need a good view of God and who he is. God doesn't owe us explanations, but he does reveal himself and his work to those who seek him, to those who pursue him with all their hearts and want to know more of God. God was planning to punish the nation and he was going to do it by bringing in the Babylonians to take over the land and bring them into exile where they could have essentially a 70 year time out to repent and turn back to God. And the purpose of the Babylonians, they conquered people, they enslaved people. They were a very violent nation and they loved themselves. They were prideful and they, it says they were, their own strength was their God And God. Could stop them, but he was actually the one enlisting their aid when they came. When they came and conquered Jerusalem, God's the one that that sent them there and said, "Go." And the Babylonians were a nation that had no respect for authority, and they would even put kings that they captured in cages and exhibit them like animals. And they worshipped the god of power, and they depended entirely on their own strength, as it says, "Their strength was their god." And Habakkuk learned that God. He's not indifferent to sin. He is bringing forth judgment and the sin is going to be dealt with. And he was planning on bringing judgment by allowing the Babylonians to invade the land and take them into exile. This wasn't the answer Habakkuk was expecting, though. He was hoping God would send a revival, that God would pour out revival to the nation and establish righteousness in the land. But God warned his people time and time again. He sent the same warning time and time again that judgment was coming. The nation of Babylon was coming. He told them exactly what was coming, but they still wouldn't listen. They still wouldn't repent. They still wouldn't turn to God. And God had sent natural calamities like droughts and plagues, military defeats, in economic struggles and they still wouldn't listen. They wouldn't turn to God and they wouldn't humble themselves and they would not repent. Instead of repenting, they hardened their hearts even more and turned away from the one and only true and living God to the false gods of the nations around them that could do nothing for them. So it was time for God to act. God will send his word of warning. But when time runs out, time runs out. And Jesus is returning. And the time is now to turn to God and repent. In verse 12, we'll continue. O oh Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal. This is Habakkuk responding to God now. Surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures and have no leader? Must we be strung up with their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. So God says what he's going to do and Habakkuk is like, wait, what? (laughs) So how? He's like, what? No, no. I thought you were sending revival, not judgment. And he is—he knows the character of God. He knows God. He knows God is merciful and graceful, but God is also just. And you sometimes wonder why God does things, but you know, he doesn't owe us an explanation. He is God. We learn from what he's doing and he knows what he's doing. He sees this from the top down and, and we start to question things and that's okay. We want, he wants us to seek him to search after him and we aren't doing it in unbelief. Unbelief is rebellion and refusal of God completely turning away from God. And questioning and asking, Lord, what are you doing here is out of a broken heart for a sinful nation. He wanted a sinful nation to be healed and restored, but God has a plan that is going to bring them to humility and repentance. So the faithful remnant that stands firm can be pulled out of that and used to rebuild the nation of Jerusalem. God knows what he's doing, and he has a purpose to fulfill the the plan that he has for his nation and preserve his people. But they're going to experience this exile, but God's going to keep them safe in the exile. And he told them that. And he... he Uses things to help direct us and turn us to Him and to His path to get our attention. If we refuse to listen, He's going to try to get our attention louder. And He just wants our attention. He wants us to humble ourselves, repent, and turn to Him. It's eternity we're talking about. It's it's not just an hour in a day. It's eternity that we face after Jesus returns or we die, whichever comes first. And what we choose now, who we choose to worship who we choose to serve in our lives whether if it's the false materialism around us or God himself that makes a difference for our entire eternity and god cares god cares about us so he will send warning bells he will send things to get our attention and say hey wake up look over here i'm here reach out to me repent come to me he will do that because he loves us and he is a good father and he wants us to run to him he wants us to run to his throne and be welcomed home for eternity And Habakkuk was reminded that God is eternal and he knows the end from the beginning and he knows what he's doing. He's a mighty God. He has all the power and he is never changing. And as Habakkuk Wrestles with these challenges, his faith muscles will continue to grow as we're going to see. And God wants our faith muscles to grow. He wants us to trust Him even when we don't understand what's going on around us. We can trust Him. He knows what He's doing. He is God. He sees from the top down. He has the best angle. He holds the entire cosmos in His hand and He has a plan. He wants everyone to run into His arms. And He will use things in our earthly world to try to wake us up and shake us awake so that we see Him so that we seek after him, so we chase him, so we set ourselves down and pursue him with all of our guts, because that is his desire. He wants to welcome every single soul home, and that is his desire for every single person. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a most blessed day in the Lord.